You're listening to The Headroom, a podcast for aspiring sound engineers and contemporary acapella. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Headroom Podcast. This is another Headroom bit, and you have Ricky. And I'm Kyle. So this episode, we're going to be talking about editing, specifically with Melodyne. All right, guys, so we've laid this out in a a simple manner for you. So we're going to talk about the who, what, where, why, when, and how. So what is Melodyne? Melodyne is a program that allows you to control the vocals with more detail. So what does that mean? That is the timing of the vocals, when the vocals are attacked or released, the tuning, uh, making sure that that the pitch is centered. Uh, other things that you can mess around with is the formant. There are so many ways that the um, that the vocals can be manipulated. And outside of the acapella world, you can also edit instruments. Within Melodyne, we put almost every single vocal track that we record through this program. So at the end of a recording session, we group up all of our tracks We make sure that they each have their own individual file, and then we actually export them from our our DAW into Melodyne. So when we get in there, you know, we need to set up a template. We need to set up um, our time grid and basically, you know, the entire arrangement or mix that you're going to be working on. And so while we're in there, some vocals will get processed more heavily than others. It all depends on how loud they might be in the final product. You know, someone's solo track might not have a ton of of really extreme auto-tuning and, and pitch tightening and time adjustments because sometimes when you do those things, you can really hear the negative downsides of it. Uh, but on the other end of that, you know, things that are background vocals might get some more heavy treatment uh, because they might be tucked away at a lower level of volume in the mix. But either way, it's really cool that that Melodyne allows us to decide how how heavy you know, we want to tune things or how extremely we want to change the timing of things um, because Melodyne is, is a phenomenal program. I don't know how we did anything before Melodyne. Like, I don't know how they did anything, right? They just got it right. And then they used other technologies and software, but Melodyne makes our lives a million times easier. So where do you find Melodyne? Well, it is created by the production company Solomony, so you can find it on their website and uh, you can download the software. Now, I'm going to warn you, it's expensive, at least the versions that a lot of the ed- editing engineers like to use. Uh, I'm currently using uh, Melodyne Studio 4. If you have an educator's discount, great. I would highly recommend using it. But the reason why Melodyne is so expensive is because it's so sophisticated that I I don't know any other editing software that can keep vocals sounding natural and clean. We use the program, as I mentioned before, as an independent program. Uh, Melodyne's really cool in that for a lot of the DAWs out there, uh, it actually, when you buy the studio version, it gives you uh, a plug-in 
add-on in your DAW. So a lot of times, if you look at videos online, sometimes you'll see, okay, um, you know, someone pulls up an entire mix where they've got guitars and pianos and this, 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 and they just pull out that little plugin to use it on their vocals. So we don't actually do that because we have sometimes up to 60, 70, 80 vocal tracks. You know, we have these big, big sessions in that we can't put 60 different plugins on uh, a track. So we need to bring everything in and make sure that the entire arrangement sounds good and that we can reference other tracks live within Melodyne. So the next question is, why do we need it? We need it because people sing out of tune, all of them. As I said before, almost every single vocal gets put through Melodyne. I am trying to think of a singer that might be good enough that be like, you know what? Their voice doesn't even need it. No, it's almost every single voice because the genre of music that acapella a lot of times boils down to is really a, a pop style music. And because of that, we want the the clean vocal sound, right? Uh, you know, a lot of us that listen to music that might not get to get to look behind the scenes, uh, you know, we just hear, oh, this is how people sound when they sing. But then when you listen to someone that's not edited, uh, you can really hear it. And someone who might not have a trained ear would be like, you know what, this one just doesn't sound as good and I can't tell why. A lot of times that is editing. Uh, and I think one of the people that we talked to, uh, Ted Trembinsky, uh, he mentions that it is his quote unquote desert island plugin. That's right. And, you know, we've been listening to music like for our entire lives. And, and I, and I'm saying we, as in everyone, you as a listener as well, you know, we have been attuned to 440 Hertz tuning. It's, it's what we're used to. So when something sounds off, like we'll feel it and we won't understand why, but that's essentially what it is. And Melodyne allows you to to tune to 440. Uh, you can also adjust that if you know if, if you want to get weird with it. But uh, I I don't know too much about it. But if you want to learn more about 440 tuning, you can look up an Adam Neely YouTube video. But again, that's another reason why we do need Melodyne because we we want it to conform to what we're used to listening to. So the next question is when do we use Melodyne? We've already kind of hinted at where this happens, but it happens after recording and before mixing in this this kind of vague editing stage. Um, but it's usually the first part of editing. So a lot of people call Melodyne mellow. And we want people to know out there that if you've taken the time to get Melodyne, that's awesome. But understand that it is not a quick process. It is a large chunk of the pie of work that goes into uh, the production for an entire track. You know, people can take up to, you know, one hour per voice, one to two hours per voice. You know, you know, let's say we've got 15 tracks in here, right, from a 15-person group. That can take you 10 to 20 hours to get the editing done, potentially more if you really don't know what you're doing and it's your first time going at it. So understand that the more patience you have when you go into Melodyne for the first time or, you know, are getting started with editing in your first few edits, it's worth it to slow down and be cautious, uh, basically to make sure that you got it all right before you consider yourself done with, with Melodyne and editing. Now, the question is, how do we use Melodyne? First things first, you have all the tracks recorded on the doll, right? So let's take Pro Tools, for example. Now you have everything faded and comped and each track 
is consolidated uh, so that each vocal part recorded is in one track. So you take all that from Pro Tools, you export those files, and you, you put them in a folder. And along with that, you include a tempo map. Before you get started on editing, you need that tempo map because the unfortunate thing is that Melodyne does not have the best tempo map editor. So for example, if there was a tempo change, let's say it went from like 120 to 130, at least on, in Studio 4, it doesn't allow you to just make a notch and say, all right, and this measure is going to be 130. For some reason, it will make a slope towards 130, but even that slight difference will impact the final edit and make things problematic once you dump it back in uh, Pro Tools. So make sure you have that tempo map exported, imported into Melodyne before you throw in the vocals. So that's that's the first thing you do. Once you have all the vocals in there, what I like to do is make sure that all the ag- algorithms are read correctly. So Melodyne detects audio through different algorithms. They could be percussive, uh, melodic, polyphonic, uh, things like that. So for background vocals and soloists, you want them on melodic. And for if you're editing vocal percussion on Melodyne, it's percussive. Uh, polyphonic is for things like guitars, right? Um, but you're not editing guitars because it's acapella. Anyway, no guitars. once you have... <laughs> no guitars! <laughs> but once you have that in, next thing you want to do is... I like to, to set up a macro. So I take all of the vocals and I center the pitch up to about 70 to 80%. That's, that's as far as I'll go is with tuning. And I'll even slide up the pitch drift to 80%. Um, this is just to uh, tighten things up just a little bit, but you don't want to get too harsh because uh, it, it, will, it will make things sound unnatural. Yeah, and so I, I, before we move forward with other parts of it, I wanna I wanna reiterate something that Ricky said, uh, and that has to do with the tempo mapping within Melodyne. So Melodyne Four is a phenomenal program, and part of the reason it's phenomenal is that a lot of people can use it for live recordings. And so what happens is, you know, these performers that have done more live recordings will import their songs into Melodyne, and then Melodyne will say, hey here's the average tempo of the sum of all these tracks. But you don't want that. You want to tell Melodyne the tempo before you even think about uploading audio tracks. Because if you upload an audio track first, it's going to pull the tempo from that audio track. It's going to guess and say, I don't know what's happening in measure 57. It's 119.57-ish. No, we want to say, no, this entire song is at 120 BPMs. We want to tell Melodyne that before. That way, no matter what happens, when you upload tracks, they'll obey the tempo that you set with the MIDI. So as Ricky said, Melodyne 3 was actually super easy. It was amazing. You could just go and edit the tempo however you wanted. Melodyne 4 is not as cooperative. So when you're in your DAW, get your tempo map ready first, get it the way you want it with all the accelerandos, whatever you want, uh, and then import it. Just wanted to, to reiterate that really strongly because that's a big thing that people get started out or like, what the hell is going on? Okay, so Ricky started to talk about pitch correction and tuning. On the other end of things, I will actually take notes myself, Ricky, doesn't like to put them all the way to the center. I will snap notes all the way to their nearest center first. 
And then I'll actually from there go through and see where Melodyne messed up. So I'll let the, the software do its job and, and try to get it right first. But it all depends on how the singer did. Because if the singer was really far away from a note or from an intended note, and he was so far away that he was closer to another note that was a semitone or a half step away, then his note is going to get snapped there. So you have to go through and watch out where, you know, Melody might be helping you. It's it's actually hurting you because because of the singer's performance. Yeah. And another thing that you'll notice is that when you are centering the pitch and also adjusting the pitch drift, what will happen is that Melodyne will sometimes detect one a movement, like a, especially a half step movement, and will think that it's just one note. Like let's say a singer is singing from an A to a uh, a B flat, Melodyne will think, oh, that singer is only singing that B flat. Uh, there is that tool called a note separator within Melodyne, and you want to keep an eye out for uh, where the notes separate. And this is why it's important for the editing engineer to know the music that they're editing. So have the sheet music in front of you. You may be a fantastic arranger or know a lot about music theory and can probably assume what's supposed to happen, but have the music in front of you and always double check your work and and use the sheet music as reference because sometimes the arranger has some dissonance planned out that uh, you may not remember tracking. Or, you know, if you didn't even track it, you how would you know, right? So have sheet music as reference. So Ricky started to talk about time correction. Uh, and so I, I want you guys to realize that everything within Melodyne matters. So there's no part of the audio file that someone's singing that should just go overlooked and be like, you know what, I probably got it right. Because... All the time, the things that most commonly get messed up are the entrances and exits are really like the ends of audio files. And this isn't just the beginning of the entire audio file in the end. It's more so the entrance of a phrase where, oh, we've got 40 different tracks all entering on beat one. And then when do they all cut off, right? So you have to think, okay, I have to line up the consonant, the vowel, and then at the end of this whole note or half note, whatever it is, I have to make sure that everyone leaves and stops singing the chord at the appropriate time. So knowing this and actually playing around in Melodyne, I think is super helpful uh, when you're recording because you know, like, oh my gosh, they just sang that and that is going to be a nightmare to edit in Melodyne because they sang three beats over what they're supposed to. So I'm going to have to chop and it's going to sound super weird. Or I'm going to try to shrink the note and it's not going to work. So understanding that the entrances and exits and all these clean note changes, uh, they all have to be in time. All of these little details matter. So don't think you can just overlook things because uh, the people that are really, really good at editing pay attention to all the small details. Yeah. So as, as far as details go, when you're making those stretches or shrinkage uh, for the for the time correction, be wary of what happens to the breaths that happen in, in between. You're going to notice that when you're shrinking a, I don't know, a note, the breath that is recorded after that will get stretched out and it's going to sound really nasty. It's going to sound like ah, or something. Ah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but just delete the breath, honestly, because for background vocals, they're not going to be needed. And, you know, just re just remove all those breaths. I personally think that breaths are most important on the lead vocals. And those are the things that you want to be most careful about uh, because the lead vocals can be front and center. So you need to make sure that everything sounds natural there. 
So finally, the last thing we want to just touch on quickly are some creative things that you can do within Melodyne. And probably the most common thing that you can do is when you're done with the bass track, you can copy it and then take that copy of the bass track and actually just drag it down an octave. And then from there, you had this super octavized bass that you can play around with and add some, some weight and some oomph to your bass vocals. Other than that, some people actually enjoy some of the, the artifact and the color that comes from pitching things really hard in Melodyne. So there's a pitch modulation tool, which is really you know the auto-tune tool. It basically decreases the amount of fluctuation that goes on with one pitch that makes it sound almost like a, like a little siren for whatever note you're on. Um, some people will actually make a duplicate copy and then uh, use those vocals, those super hyper-tuned vocals, creatively within a mix itself. Yeah, I personally hard-tune my pads uh, and the octave bass. So I... I like to call it flatlining because you'll visually see that the the pitch is just is, is as flat as paper or whatever. But yeah, so those are some things that you you, you could toy with. I I also love to edit percussion on Melodyne because I use it as a rhythm reference. So those are some things that you can toy with. In conclusion, and we're always going to say this at the end of the day, listen to everything that you're doing. Listen and say, okay. Did I just make this better or did I just make this worse? And then think to yourself, in context of the entire song and in context of the entire arrangement, does this fit in and is this working? That's why a lot of us have to spend this amount of money on Melodyne. Because when you buy the full studio version, you can edit all these tracks side by side. You can see them. You can hear them. It works really well. And then other cheaper versions of Melodyne or other kind of like knockoff softwares, they let you edit maybe one to two tracks at a time. And it's really hard to use because you can't see and hear everything else in context. Going off what Kyle said, use your ears. Don't trust the blobs. You know, sometimes you'll see that a pitch appears centered, but it may not be accurate. So, you know, critical listening is essential to a good edit. All right, guys, we could talk quite literally all day about the details of Melodyne, but we just wanted to give you a little bit of insight on it, all right? So that's all we have for today. Thank you for listening and check out our channel for more content coming soon. Thanks again for listening to the Headroom Podcast with your hosts, Kyle and Ricky.